In pageants, you have what's called a platform, and that's something that you care about, and you can choose anything you want it to be. So I chose animal rights, and then the connection between animal agriculture and climate change. So maybe within, I don't know, three weeks of winning, I had made a post that said, here are my top 10 tips to leading a more sustainable lifestyle. Number one happened to be adopt your plant-based diet. It um, caused a huge uproar. Next day, I get a call from my director. She's like, what is going on? I was like, I just shared some scientific studies about climate change and how factory farming is, you know, fueling it essentially. And within 24 hours, it was on like every news channel. Miss Montana USA misrepresents the state. I have an episode for you. You're listening to Drop the Knife. This is Jamie Logan. Please follow Drop the Knife on Instagram and all social platforms. And please leave us a review. I'm trying to grow this bitch, so let's do it. Help me out. Hey, Ace, I'm trying to record something. He's so loud over there. He's like snoring. I'm fostering this dog. Anyway, today, you guys, I have an incredible guest on the podcast. Miss Montana USA, Marissa Underwood. She is going to talk about how she went from farm girl to pageant girl. I mean, this this woman was in FFA, 4-H. She was raising farm animals and she woke up when she didn't want to send them to slaughter. And she used her platform in Miss USA to promote a plant-based diet and sustainability. So she's gonna talk about that and she's also gonna talk about some routines that might help you, some vegan skincare, some practices for a healthy, positive mindset. She's also gonna talk a little bit about psychedelics and some acid mushroom, I don't know. You're just gonna have to wait and see and find out. So thanks for listening, guys. Go follow her at Marissa Underwood. I'm at JLo Kurtz and here we go. Marissa, how the hell are you? I'm hot because it's hot here in New York. (laughs) (laughs) It's disgusting outside. (laughs) I just stepped out. We were going to record this podcast outside and I was like, nope, not happening. We absolutely cannot be doing that. Way too humid. But you came all the way here from LA just to be on the show. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) She's a world traveler up in this bitch. And Marissa and I actually met just through like social media and Instagram. And I was following your story and I was like, I need to be friends with this girl. I'm coming to LA, let's meet up. And the rest is history. And now you're in New York. Yeah. So thanks so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. Yes, this is so awesome. I think this will be really helpful to a lot of people listening. I wanna hear your story, how you got into veganism because it's so interesting. I think that you know being raised in a, a society and culture and family where you were around farm animals and you were around people that were raising them for food and how how did you break out of that mindset? Tell me tell us the story. <laughs> oh, um it was kind of honestly always there. Um like my sister tells this story where so where I grew up it was very much in the country your neighbors had sheep and pigs and goats and cows and we had horses Um, and then our neighbors would have a pig in the morning and then have pig for dinner that night and we went over to one of their like barbecues 
and walked inside a specific room. Now, I don't actually have a memory of this, but my sister says that we walked into the room where the pig was on the spit and I screamed and ran away. Didn't want anything to do with it. And I don't even remember that. So it was kind of always ingrained in me to not agree with it, even though I still continued to eat meat because just I had never made that connection. Like I'd never put two and two together. Um, and then when I was a freshman in high school, I joined Future Farmers of America. That was kind of like what you did. They said, oh, if you're an animal lover, you're gonna love being an FFA. So I'm, you know, here I'm a horseback rider. I have all these animals that I like found in my backyard out in the wilderness. I like say birds and rabbits. So I was like, I'm an animal lover. I'm gonna join FFA. So immediately they start talking about, you know, antibiotic use and, you know, just going through the things that it takes to raise animals for food. And it was honestly predominantly my classmates that made me see how messed up it was. Am I allowed to cuss? Please do. Okay. It does, it, I think it so deserves it. <laughs> um, it was my classmates. So cheers to all of you guys in my ninth and 10th and 11th grade FFA class. Call them out. <laughs> I was going to say, fuck you. <laughs> You're the reason. You're fucking rude. Um, they would just make fun of vegans. And um, they called PETA the people for the eating of tasty animals. Classic. Cla yeah, just oof. Um, and they just constantly made fun of the animals. Now, luckily, my school is brand new. So we didn't have a barn. There is an FFA barn there now but I didn't have to do anything to do with animals in the barn, thankfully. Everything was taught in the classroom, but we didn't actually engage with animals. However, at the end of my freshman year, we were required to show an animal at the county fair. So I had friends who would raise pigs and goats and sheep, and then they would sell them. And it was so normal, and they would name them, and take pictures with them and we'd go to their house and they'd be in their yard and they're like this is my FFA project and I just didn't get it it just didn't make sense to me how somebody could literally cuddle with feed with care for these animals and then sell them off and the way that I got out of it was I was a horseback rider so I would do the horsemanship and the show jumping classes so that's how I was able to participate but then, so the barns would be in one place and then the farm animal barns would be a little ways away from it and that's where all my friends would be. So I'd go over and I'd hang out with them and it is just, it's a shocking sight you can't even explain. The way that all these animals are herded up, especially the pigs, now that's what really, really got me. So the pigs, you don't put harnesses on them the way like a horse, halter and a lead rope, right? Pigs, you use a cane and so they, um, they direct them around using a cane on either side and a lot of my f classmates pigs would have whip marks on them because if the pig didn't turn quickly enough or move quickly enough for them they would hit them so these pigs are being raised by 12 13 year olds 14 year olds with whip marks all over them like it's nothing and um, I had a lot of friends who raised pigs too one of my neighbors actually raised pigs and I specifically remember that his pig had whip marks on it and so that's really what did it. And I became vegetarian that year in high school, which led everybody to make fun of me even more so. So not only did I not want to raise an animal and I rode my horse and I rode English, you know, not Western of all things. And um, 
then I was vegetarian. So everyone kind of made fun of me and then I wasn't able to continue on. I didn't know anybody who was vegetarian. I think I had one friend who was vegetarian and um, didn't know anybody vegan, had never even heard that word. So then um, I just kind of fell back into it and started eating meat again um, and would like go back and forth on and off. But it was really, it was like really big thanks to FFA that made me get it. Wow. I can't relate more to you because while I didn't, I grew up in New York City, not around farm animals at all. I probably hadn't seen like a cow or a pig until the time I was like 10, you know, unless mm -hmm. it was on my plate. Mm -hmm. And I would go back and forth just because when I did kind of want to go vegetarian or towards veganism, like people would make fun of me. And, mm -hmm. and, and that, I wasn't even in the farm Mm. world you know it's it, it and I can't even you've probably experienced it 10 times worse like I can't even imagine um and so what was that final thing that made you just like switch in your head and you were like I gotta go vegan like I can't go back so it, it was an overtime kind of thing I became vegetarian again I think when I was 19 fell back 21 came around decided to do it again so i i think i was actually eating meat at the time but i had really bad acne like the day i turned 17 i just i went from clear skin to just terrible acne you would never know you'd never know now wow <laughs> but it's taken i mean i had 10 years of like moderate to severe i had to do accutane um oh. it was that bad so I had really bad skin, had no idea what to do, had done, you know, every antibiotic other than Accutane at the time. Um, and everybody kept saying, eliminate dairy. If you take out dairy, it'll really help. Unfortunately, it did not do anything for me. But taking out dairy, I just felt so much better. Mm. I lost a little bit of weight that like had been a struggle to get off. Um, I just felt really good. My tummy never hurt. And then I was looking up all these um, like products and ingredients for doing dairy-free stuff, and I would always get led with like PETA information. You know, I don't think um, like Switch for Good definitely wasn't around at that time, but um, you know, stuff like that would be on the internet talking about how to not have dairy in your diet would almost always be related to something plant-based or vegan. Mm. And so I remember just being like, why don't I just do it? Okay, like this makes sense. Been vegetarian for some time. Let me just do this. So over about six months, I cut things out periodically. And I think I was 21 when it was the kicker. Wow. And you just knew you were like not ever going back. Oh, it wasn't even anything that like could have been. Because it, it wasn't for my health. Like the, the final part of it wasn't for my health. It wasn't for, you know, maintaining the weight. It wasn't for any of that. It just became about animals and about being vegan for animals and for animal rights solely. So when you were around all of these animals growing up, what was it about animals that you loved so much? Like talk about their characteristics, their qualities. Oh, that actually kind of made me start to cry, which I did not expect at all. Um, I've always loved just, they have so much character so individual and I dog sit a lot now and I'll have like four or five dogs at a time and they're all so different you know they've all got very different ways about them the way that they think the way they want to eat and being a horseback rider it was all about listening to your horse 
all about how are they feeling? What can you do to make them feel better? And I know that there's, you know, a lot of people don't agree with horseback riding. That's fine. Um, but in it, your whole purpose is to take care of the horse, have them feel their best, look their best, compete their best. So picking up on their behavior, I was always trying to understand them. How are they feeling? What's going on? Why did they spook at that? Why didn't I show that well that day? What's happening upstairs? And so I had like chinchillas and rats and guinea pigs and oh, what other animals? I had a savanna monitor when I was like 17. <laughs> the lizards oh that get that grow to be like seven feet. I don't know you where are. that lizard is today, but I had one of those because I just... Seven feet. Yeah, I didn't have it when it was seven feet. I had it as a baby. My high school boyfriend and I, one day, were like, let's go get a monitor. Stupidest idea ever. Do not do it. Is yeah. no. Um, but I just, oh all of them, like, it didn't matter what, you know, breed it was. They were just their own individual that I connected with and had fun with. And you could see each individual personality. It's so funny because, you know, I look at my dog, Daisy, and I look at some of the dogs that I foster, and each one, I'm like, my dog's a bitch. She's like <laughs> such a little brat, such a diva. And then I have a foster dog, Luna, come along, and she's just like so like happy and grateful. And like, you know, it's like a totally different, it's like people. Like yeah. just how we all have different personalities. They all have different personalities. And it's like, where is that line where it's like, how much does a cow have to resemble a dog to like mm. deserve the right to live? Yeah. I love that quote. It's like, how, mm. how, how, like, what if a little lamb looks like a golden retriever dog? Mm. It, does that make it now okay for them to live? Yeah. Right? So it's such a bizarre concept that I, I can't seem to wrap my head around. Like mm. I ask myself, every single day and, and today actually which put me in a freaking funk I went on Facebook and I saw this girl that was always a very nice girl I, I met her over the years I think at camp and she got into like rescuing dogs she's like super into like fostering and rescuing and rehabilitating dogs and wow does she do a lot of really great work mm. but she eats other animals mm. and I Finally, it got to the point where she, she, I had to like say something and I, I don't know, maybe this was the wrong thing to do. Like, I don't always know what's the most effective thing, but I commented on her post because she had a post saying, oh, this puppy is sick, this puppy is dying and I put her in this and I did this and that, X, Y, and Z for the puppy. And then I went into the vet, I had my hamburger and hot dog uh, pajama pants on oh. and and my vet was love that or something along those lines. And I was like, loves animals, saves animals, but eats animals, you yeah. know, or something like that. And mm. oh my God, did that explode. Everybody oh. was coming at me like, you know, like, you know, why would you comment this? She's saving this dog, blah, blah, mm. blah. And I'm like then why is she like promoting other animals to die yeah. like in the process you know yeah. it's, it's that major major disconnect do you ever do you ever find that like doing online activism like that is effective oh god i had to stop oh yeah. my god yeah. i think a lot of us when we first become vegan we're really pissed off and I was a Facebook warrior for a while, yep, like yep. a couple years. I was in there, I was sharing every post. They would have hundreds of comments. And the interesting thing was, I predominantly fought with other horseback riders. 
which was so strange to me. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I actually deleted my Facebook maybe like four years ago because I was just like, I am, I have it now, but I never really go on it. It's just for like groups and knowing what, you know, concert tickets my friends are buying. But I deleted that one and was like, no more. It's so draining. Yeah. Like it, it took everything out of me today. And, mm-hmm. and, and my whole thing too is I'm, 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 I'm like, can we just have a respectful conversation mm. about it? Like yeah. these people are calling me an a-hole yeah. and like for what? I, I said I'm I'm genuinely just asking a question. Yeah. Like why do you eat one and love another? Yeah. That is the question, the million dollar question. If anybody can answer that, please let me know. <laughs> I would love to know. You hot know? dog pants, if you're listening, let us know. <laughs> Freaking hot dog pants over here. I'll be sure to send her the episode. <laughs> My God, I can't. I, I think I like just like turn off notifications and I'm over it. You yeah. Know? So talk about you're growing up, you're a farm girl, you know, living in on the farm, doing your thing. Okay, talk about how you got into the pageant world. Like that's <laughs> I feel like completely opposite. Okay, so yeah, if you knew me in high school, you would never, never, never think I was gonna go to Miss USA. It like would be a joke. Like that's not even viable for her. Um, but when I was, I want to say 18, I saw Miss USA on TV. It was on like E! News or something, right? They were doing a whatever show of it. And um, I just was like, yeah, I want to do that. It never had, like, I didn't know makeup. For, I didn't know what mascara was versus eyeliner. <laughs> I didn't know anything. Like, I was not a girly girl at all. I wore T-shirts with dragons on them in high school, like like boys' dragon T-shirts. <laughs> Great. You know, my riding boots, like it was not there at all. But I was just like, I think I want to do that. And then I ended up um, at the time moving to LA and started modeling a little bit and competed at Miss California USA. And so I had competed there a couple times and it really helped me learn how to present myself physically. dress well, do makeup, speak in front of people. I'm, a, I'm very outgoing, but it really um, fine-tuned the way that I communicate with people. And what pageants do for people, for women in you know Miss USA type pageants, they teach you how to walk into a room and in two minutes prove to seven strangers that you're a freaking rock star. And that's really cool. It's really great for the rest of your life because you go into any job interview and you're like, yeah, let me tell you how awesome I am. I got this. Yeah. That's um, amazing. So they're they're really incredible at cultivating who you are as an individual. Um, they're also incredibly competitive. And once you almost win, you want it so bad. I mean, the girls who compete, myself included, we will do anything. Anything, including packing your bags and moving to a different state. So I moved to Montana to compete. Um, I'd visited Montana a lot. It was definitely like another home for me to go to. It wasn't like a state I've never been to. So I decide, you know, I had a coach tell me, how badly do you want to go to Miss USA? And I said, I'll do anything. She's like, girlfriend, you got to pack your bags. You got to move to a different state. So I did it. Um, so I had competed at Miss California three times. That's what I was going to ask. So what year, so you started at what age? I started when I was like 21. Okay. Yeah. So pageants start at 21 where most girls start at five. 
it, this is a lifelong thing. Um, they spend, you know, the way that I was competitive about horseback riding, most of the girls at Miss USA are competitive about pageants in that way. So compete at Miss California a couple times, obviously don't win. Why not? It's so competitive. There's like 120 contestants. All of them go to, you know, USC on full, you know, volleyball scholarships. It's like, gotcha. and then they're also a model. Like it's just, California is very hard to win and incredibly competitive. So I packed my things up and I moved to Montana. Um, obviously won. This was at age 27. So you wow. can't compete past age 27. So it was my last year, which is why I moved, because I said, this is, you know, my last chance. I got to go. <laughs> got to do it. So moved to Montana, win, and um, yeah. <laughs> That's, yeah. I want you to talk about that whole process. Like, you had a focus on, you know, what was the worldwide thing that you wanted to change or thing that you wanted to speak up about. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, what separates you and me from, you know, the rest of the, you know, people that are plant-based and whatnot is that like we truly feel empathy for the animals. We are in it for the animals. It's a completely different mindset. It's a completely just, we, we would give our lives like for this cause, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? So talk about the, the backlash that you got from speaking about veganism. So in pageants, you have what's called a platform and that's something that you care about and you can choose anything you want it to be. So I chose animal rights and then the connection between animal agriculture and climate change. So I also care a lot about sustainability, you know, eliminating single use plastic, really being aware of your carbon footprint. So it just so happened to be perfect that I would be able to talk about both. So maybe within, I don't know, three weeks of winning, I had made a post that said, here are my top 10 tips to leading a more sustainable lifestyle. Number one happened to be adopt a plant-based diet. Among all the other things, there's, you know, walk if you can, um, bring your own canvas bag, lobby, you know, at the, the citizens climate lobby. So there's nine other things. But the one thing that stood out it um, caused a huge uproar because then I had somebody DM me and say, hey, how does having a plant-based diet affect climate change? And so I posted on stories and I said, I'm so glad that you asked because here is all the literature that I have read that shows the direct correlation and relationship between animal agriculture and climate change. So we go on and I share some things. And um, if you're searching online for just really easy infographs, yeah. Cowspiracy has a lot of them. So I use specifically things from Cowspiracy. Right, and it's just the facts. <laughs> just the facts. And um, oh my gosh, I remember being in class at this point and it was like a 55 minute class or something. And I posted it, put my phone away, went to class, came out and it was just hundreds hundreds of messages, comments, like my Instagram was blown up. So then I was like, okay, maybe this will chill out. Like, we'll see what it's like tomorrow. Next day I get a call from my director. She's like, what is going on? I was like, I just shared some scientific studies about climate change and how factory farming is, you know, fueling it essentially. Mm -hmm. um, and she was like, oh, Marissa, I'm getting calls all day. People are in people are um, furious 
um, I you know don't really know what to do so maybe let's stop posting right she was really just trying to like let's chill out let's just pause for the day and see what happens no well the thing on her end is that she was being inundated with a lot of really mean and like harassing people and being called so I was like okay I hear you I hear you let's just chill out and see what happens so she was really she was very much on my side so it just keeps going and within 24 hours it was on like every news channel no way yeah so if you google my name it'll come up with all the news channels and there are and your story of Mm -hmm. you saying um this is what happens with factory farming and climate change yep i mean that's amazing yeah but it also had so much hate and a lot of the news channels in the smaller cities were really mad at me and a lot of the titles were miss montana usa misrepresents the state and that was the big headline so this is after you won? Uh-huh, about about a month. Oh. Yeah. Well, yeah. you got them. I know, yep, yep. <laughs> and then the thing was that they, um, there's so much pad, there's so much drama in the pageant world too, that, so what I did was called state hopping. Very, very normal. We've had three Miss USAs go from California to other states and go on to win Miss USA. State hopping is very normal. I followed the rules, you did what you're supposed to do. Lived in the state during my reign, did exactly everything that I needed to do in the rules. Right. So they found out that I was from California and Montanans hate Californians because there's a huge influx of Californians moving to predominantly Bozeman and just buying all the land. So there's kind of this history and there's a little, people don't, people already have a bad taste in their mouth about Californians. So then you get this vegan Californian coming out Winning the pageant against true Montanans. It's just this <laughs> recipe for just absolute disgust um, and hatred. And so they just hate me all over. And then they start sending me like collages that they would make of me. And um, they would like edit in a piece of beef next to my face and be like, you know what Miss Montana needs? A nice slab of Montana grown beef. Oh my I have God. thousands of screenshots of just the horrendous things that people said. And it was really upsetting because it predominantly came from a high school where another contestant had previously attended. It was her high school. Oh, uh-huh. gotcha. Yeah. Makes yeah, sense. Yeah. So yeah. let me ask you, would you change <laughs> anything that you did? No. No. If anything, I think I would be... A little bit more intense. Yes, I love it. (laughs) Because I kind of, there was a moment, so obviously everybody wants to win at Miss USA, uh, win Miss USA or place. And Montana has not placed since 1958, I believe. It is the least successful state in all the states. So in my mind, I was like, okay, what ground am I playing here? Because the organization already has Um, a bad taste in their mouth or so I assume because all of the people were calling MUO. So not only were they calling my specific state director, they were calling the director of everyone. So they were calling Paula Shugart, who is our leader. She's the president. And she called my director to be like, what is going on? So then people were buying info online. The wrong Underwood, thankfully, there's a few different Underwood families in Montana, so a lot of people pinned this information on me with another Underwood family. 
And the story is really funny because there is an Underwood family who owns a really fancy like vacation home, like a lakefront home. Um, and people thought that I was that Underwood. And so they were like, oh, Marissa's using her family vacation rental to use this address to be here. And I was like, absolutely not. I am I'm paying to live here. Well, that, like my family never had never been there. My dad had never stepped foot in Montana, I don't think. Or maybe he had one time, but it wasn't like, no. it was not my family's house. We had no connection to it. No. But in my mind, I was like, this is even funnier because then that would be like a fully valid reason. Like if my family owned a home there, but no, I'm paying rent in my house in Missoula. Like <laughs> Exactly. No, they have no valid points. It's actually like when you really break down what you just told me of, I posted a story giving people 10 tips of how to reduce their climb, their, their blue footprint. Okay. <laughs> and, uh, one of them happened to be eat a plant-based diet. Like nothing you said is not factual. Nothing you said has really any emotional um, charge to it either. Exactly. Cause I said plant-based diet. Right. I didn't say go vegan. I didn't say save the animals. Holy crap. Plant-based diet period. Wow. So why do you think people get so reactive? it's their whole life I get it you know I was at um I was at the kind-hearted camp out two weekends ago and I was telling this story when we were all in the bathroom like brushing our teeth at night camping and a gal said to me she was like I just don't get it why would they be so mad at you why would they hate you so much I was like because it's all they've ever known these are fourth fifth generation ranchers a lot of them don't, the majority of them don't go to college. They don't have degrees um, in that way where it's like, this is, you know, you graduate high school and this is what you do. This is what you know. It's what your family knows. And when your parents who are basically your moral compass throughout your life tell you that this is right, some outsider comes in and says, no, this is wrong. Who are you going to believe? Right. So I get it. I get their emotional side for sure. Right. I, I, I find myself, you know, I go back and forth of like, I, I, I try to have empathy and compassion in my heart for them because you're right. Like, in a sense, it's like you can't blame them. Like, that mm -hmm. is just how they were raised and how they grew up. And when I do try to find that compassion in my heart for them, even though they're raising these animals and sending them to slaughter, like, and I do feel that that was wrong. When I f try to find and have compassion for them, like, it actually makes me feel better. Yeah. It makes me try and understand, like, how this world is so fucked up. Yeah. You know? Because you go through these waves of just, like, holy crap, I can't handle this. Like, mm -hmm. it is so intense. And, you know, we are seeing slaughter footage all over social media all the time, mm -hmm. going to vigils or mm -hmm. doing activism. And it's, it's overwhelming at times. And so, like, when you really break it down and you're describing each... You know, each character and farmers being one of them, you, you start to understand. I mean, mm -hmm. the thing, too, is that you specifically were on both sides of the coin. Mm -hmm. You grew up being a farmer girl. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's nobody better than you to be like, you know, this is, these are the facts and this is why I'm vegan and you should be, too. Right. I mean, yeah. especially like when speaking to them, like, OK, sure, I could I could tell them all of the great benefits of being vegan, but I am a city girl that can't relate to them. But yes. you can relate to them. Yeah. That was another thing that was really frustrating for me was I had a lot of people tell me I didn't know what I was talking about. And a lot of people were like, 
well, it's not even called FFA anymore, so what do you know? And I actually don't even know what it's called now. I should look that up. But in my mind, I was like, that's irrelevant because 10 years ago when I was in FFA, it was called FFA. That's what I learned. That's what I was taught. Like, I remember um, we had this debate in class about antibiotic use in livestock, and our teacher assigned pros and cons, and I was to um, advocate against antibiotic use in livestock. And there was like no information about it online. It was very hard. And I would just research for hours and hours and hours, like what's happening in slaughterhouses? Why are we using this level of antibiotics anyways? Like that whole fiasco of antibiotics and that factory to animals are fed the vast majority of them. And then when I presented to my class, everyone laughed at me. And I was like, well, if the animals are getting so sick in these factory farms, why are we having them in these factory farms? Like they shouldn't just be getting sick all the time and having to just get fed medicine because then aren't we gonna eat the medicine? Like, doesn't that sound wrong? Like, doesn't it logically just sound wrong? Everybody just, I remember these two kids were just laughing at me and I snapped at them, like 16 year old me in class standing up by the whiteboard being like, I didn't laugh at you when you were presenting yours, don't laugh at me. Oh my God, did the teacher not say anything? She thought it was hilarious, just sat back, just, oh yeah, yeah, just let let us have it. Again, nothing you said is not factual. Over 80% of our antibiotics from pharmaceutical companies are fed to livestock. Mm -hmm. It begs the question, why are they so sick? And what, where are those antibiotics going once we eat the animals? Mm -hmm. They're going into us, which has catastrophic effects. I mean, antibiotics are really dangerous. Like when used improperly, I mean, I think I read something about like a super bug or super virus Mm -hmm. forming, you know, because Mm -hmm. of this. Oh yeah. That's a huge thing right now is the superbug issue. Just people are ingesting just antibiotics over and over and over again that when we actually get, there's um, antibiotic resistant gonorrhea right now because it's grown too strong and nothing works to kill it. Use protection, kids. (laughs) I don't know what else to tell you because that is absurd. You have really been through the ringer with it all. And so like, what keeps you motivated? (laughs) Oh, well, COVID was hard and competing at Miss USA during COVID was really hard. And then everything was still like shut down and not happening when everything was over. And actually there was a period where I was like, why did I do all this? I was so tired and so just like, I felt like somebody had just taken me, like beaten me against a wall and then threw me out. And I was just laying there like, oh my God, why did I do all of this? I don't get it. And so I kind of like hid in a, hidden a hole for a while and then I'm slowly getting out of it now getting that motivation back so the thing that's been driving me lately is I learned that I I really love speaking and I love talking to people but I love giving a different perspective of being able to communicate with people who don't agree with us and so I just spoke at the kind-hearted camp out two weeks ago And my whole point was that people are going to argue just to argue. They're going to argue until their teeth fall out. And we need to be able to understand that, like, we're never going to be able to convince anyone to be vegan with the 80% antibiotic situation. Even though, like, looking at it, like, factually, this all makes so much sense, right? right? I don't, I personally don't think that's going to sway a whole lot of people. So 
I hope to encourage people within their activism to like allow people to be people. And it's really hard for me to like explain specifically what I mean with that because I think myself included, we get so like, well, here are the facts. How do you see this and not agree with it? And like, we want to just like do this and be like, oh, just listen to me. Totally. I have a friend who's who uses makeup wipes constantly and they're terrible for the environment. They're terrible for your skin. Mm -hmm. And I tell her every time we go to Target, I'm like, don't buy those. Don't buy those. They're bad for your skin. They're bad for everything. Yeah, they drag your face down or... Yeah, yeah they're terrible. Yeah, they pull. They're bad for the environment. She's never going to stop using them, those makeup wipes until it clicks for her. Right. Right. So me yelling at her all day long about how bad they are, she's not going to care. You bring up such a good point. And my boyfriend wasn't vegan when I started dating him. Mm. And I had to play that real smart because mm. obviously I knew that, you know, in the future I, I can't be with somebody in the long term that doesn't eventually go vegan or, and, you know, at least in the short term, they have to be open and understanding, mm -hmm. you know, and open to learning. Yeah. But, you know, I didn't want him going vegan for me. Right. He needed to make the connection for himself. So it was little things along the way. And, and you know, we don't know what people's experiences are and what they've seen because it was the little things along the way that led up to you going vegan, that mm -hmm. led up to me going vegan. And those were all different experiences. And mm -hmm. so, if we want it to be sustainable, they have to like have that connection click for themselves. Mm -hmm. I think that's a really good point. So what is the solution here? Do you think? Like where do you see this movement going? Uh, I, I have so much hope and yet simultaneously so much fear. Yep. Because lately there's this trend of, I don't call myself vegan because I don't like what's happening in the vegan movement. Then I hear people say, I'm not an animal rights activist. I'm a this. I'm a, somebody said the other day they were an anti-rights activist. And I was like, where are we going with this language? <laughs> like, that does not sound good. I was like, what does that mean? Yeah. And I can't even, I don't, he tried to explain it to me and I was just like, I don't follow. Um, <laughs> so I really just hope that like, you know, maybe it's the labeling that freaks people out. And yet people want to label themselves so badly and yet like not at all. I don't, I don't know. I think that hopefully us being able to all get together more in social situations when we get out of, you know, if COVID ever ends and we can actually talk to people in person again, I think we just sometimes got to admit that like we don't know everything, you know, and like with the vaccine, it's so, um, if you have it, you're an idiot and you're letting the government track you. If you don't have it, you're an idiot and you want everyone to die. Oh my gosh, it's so polar and so there's no like middle ground with it at all. It's so scary. Yeah. And I like, yeah. I would find myself just like hiding not wanting to talk to anybody oh, about it. Like, don't ask me, none of your beeswax. Um, <laughs> Vegan pizza. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> like, or, that's the thing. It, it's it's so, like, the vegan community, we're, we're so divided, but we're also mm. so connected. Like, yeah. I mean, it's like that with any movement, though. Yeah. Um, but we got to eventually, like, we got to realize that the non-vegans are our allies in a sense. Mm. Like, they can help us take these small steps. But my question is, how much time do we have? Go, oh my God, I was thinking about that the other day. I was like, we're, we're screwed. <laughs> yeah. On, honestly, 
our children, our future yeah. generations. Oh yeah. It is, um, it's, it's devastating to like kind of watch it happen before your very eyes and realize that there's nothing you could do about it. And I live in such a bubble and I'm sure maybe you feel this way too yes. because all of our friends are vegan and like my Instagram is all vegan people. I mean, and obviously I have non-vegan friends, but like the people that come up first on the stories are my vegan friends. Exactly. And so I'm like, oh, we're winning. We're doing great. And then I was in Norwalk, Connecticut last week, went to Whole Foods, went to the prepared section, was going to just get a sandwich and a snack, like my easy order that I get every time. Oh, there's no sandwich bar here. You can't you can't get a sandwich. You can, however, order something from this like prepared section, Ugh. all of it. There was literally two sourdough pieces with at least 5 pounds of meat in it, like a like a rib ribeye kind of situation with just cheese through it. I think it's like a Reuben. It was like a max, maximum size Reuben. And I just looked at it and was like, oh my God, we're in Whole Foods. Right. And this is what you have to offer people. And I said, is there anything vegan that's prepared? And he was like, uh, no, I don't <laughs> what, what, think so. What's vegan? <laughs> oh my God. And then the day before I had asked for vegan pizza crust and he's like, our gluten-free one. And the gluten-free one just so happened to also be vegan. But, you know, the instinct is to say vegan's gluten-free, you know, vice Which, versa. Yeah, it's not. It's all the time. And I get so annoyed. I'm like, yeah. not the same! No. No, yeah. I, there's this meme that, that I saw the other day, and it's like the waitress comes over and is like, uh, the, the, you know, somebody orders a, a vegan uh, meal, and the waitress is like, oh, is, is regular cheese okay with that? And then the guy goes, is Monopoly money okay with that? <laughs> just such a disconnect and I think you know little we're doing what we can like I said before knowing that there's nothing we, we can do I mean we're trying it's just mm -hmm. nothing that we can do right now in this very moment to like end what's happening to the animals yeah is what like keeps me up at night yeah but it's brought like such an amazing community together too in a sense like there's so many people that I'm so grateful to know just from making the, the connection yeah. with veganism like you Jordan you know and and so hundreds of other people people that I would consider like my closest friends today mm -hmm. you know you can meet a, a vegan down the street and be like oh my god I relate to you more than my best friend that I've been friends with for 20 years yeah um, which is it's crazy mm -hmm. it's really crazy and I, you just got to keep reminding yourself like the, the frustration like let it fuel you let not mm -hmm. don't let it like take over you yeah, you know, there was maybe like a month ago ish where I had to mute the majority of my close friends on Instagram um, because they would just they got to eat a lot and they actually started not inviting me out of like respect to me, not because they didn't want me there, but because they knew that I wouldn't be interested. Mm -hmm. So it was them trying to to be good to me. Right. Um, but I would just see, you know, one after the other after the other, zooming in on everything. Ugh. And like, I don't know, lately people are really into crawfish. And I'm just like, what is that about? So I actually had to mute people because it just wrecked me so much. And I just eventually, I just recently unmuted everybody. And wow. I was like, okay, we'll see what happens now. But I just was like done like a yeah. month ago. I've muted a couple of people. I've actually, sometimes I'll even be like, like, just so you know that animal suffered and I will mm. like sometimes I just like have Cannot, to say yeah. it I just can't not say it yeah and one of my friends actually set, went vegan um wow. about a year ago and I used to give her shit all the time back mm. into college 
you know, I was going to vigils at the time and I was in that angry, like, yeah. vegan stage where I was just so angry at, like, what was happening to the animals and I would see, like, it's one thing that when you're eating these products and you're unaware, but it's another thing when, like, these people, I, I feel, have a level of awareness from, like, what they've seen of my posts and right. then to have them post video food videos all yeah. the time mm -hmm. of like animals and secretions and whatever it is and so I would call her out and I'm like you call yourself sustainable Ooh. how the fuck is this sustainable at all at all yeah now she comes to vigils every other Thursday good and she is like you are one of like the biggest inspirations to me like wow. you open my eyes and and that's why I'm like, we just got to hold our feet firm mm. in, the, in the sand, in the soil, and be like, we know we're right. And, mm. you know, some, yeah, sometimes, like, you never know by saying one thing, like, you're eating a dead body, yeah. may just wake them up. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. You know, um, I think that that's, it's, it's, it's hard to know, like, what we're, what if, what we're doing is right. Yeah. But it, it's like, if I don't do anything, I'm not doing no, enough. En enough. Mm -hmm. Right. So why don't you tell me a little bit about just, like, some routines that you have. You said you're super into skincare. Like, I want to, like, I want to get into a section of positive, like, what are things <laughs> that can really help people that are listening with skincare? Um, what are, like, some of the best vegan products that you like? Oh, okay. This is this is everything I think about, dream about. Yeah. <laughs> I, just, I, I love skincare. I'm super into it. Let's think. Okay, so, um, wow, like breaking it down, sunscreen, I would say, like the most important thing for me in skincare. So like having really, really bad acne, I also had really severe hyperpigmentation. So I didn't have... PIE, which is the indentations when you have the actual like real scars. I had PIH, which is the hyper um, hyperpigmentation post acne marks, and that was mostly because I would be out in the sun without sunscreen. So, I think the best sunscreen is the Coco Kind sunscreen. It's in the orange tube. It's a little bit expensive, but it's worth it. Um, does it make your skin shiny? Hate that. It, it does. Okay. It does. A little you powder. Can, yeah, take a little powder. I personally really like that glow, um, but yeah, it does. I think the Super Goop one isn't that glowy. Okay. That one's more expensive though. That one you gotta like throw down the dollars for. Really? Are we talking like eighty? Or oh no, I think okay. it's I think it's thirty okay. for a tube. Okay. Yeah, and the Coco Kind one I think is like. 19 or 20 or something but okay. if you're using sunscreen the amount that you should every day being outside you're gonna run through that bitch in like a month oh, okay wow yeah i at least i put it everywhere from the top of my head down to my chest wow. low chest do you reapply throughout the day i try to okay yeah okay so sunscreen is a must i've heard that from like lots of skincare people but what is your like i want to know face wash toner or whatever it is um, face wash, free. I use the Ordinary Squalane face wash. I like to mix things up. Then I also have the CeraVe face wash and it says that it's a body lotion on the bottle, but you can use it on your face. It's a vegan and cruelty-free alternative to CeraVe. So it has ceramides, which oh. are really great for hydrating your skin. Um, I found that at the Sprouts near me, but I think it's also on iHerb.com or probably like I don't think Whole Foods carries it, but if you have a Sprouts or a Sprouts like grocery store, that's going to have it. Um, I just bought this new toner, and now, of course, I cannot remember what it is. It's Dr. Dr. Jart. 
or doctor. No. Um, it's a Korean skincare brand. It's not at like Sephora Dennis or Gross. anything. No. no, I love him. It's um, wow. I'm gonna have to think of it and then send it to okay. you and then have you. I don't know if you have we notes. Can put in the notes. Yeah. Yeah, that one I really like. Really hydrating. Um, I kind of thought that like essence and toners were like pooey, but this one's really nice. Okay. I feel like my skin gets really vibrant. I feel like I need a toner because when I'm after I wash my face, I will take the toner and I will still see dirt on the cotton <gasps> pad. Then you're not washing your face right. Okay. Oh gosh. So this could probably be why I have so many issues. Yes. So yeah. At if, times. If you're washing your face and then you use any kind of like pad toner anything after and you still have makeup, it's because your cleanser is not working properly oh gosh so if you have foundation on sunscreen on you need to do a double cleanse you can do that with depending on what your face wash is you can wash your face twice with the face wash or my preferred is to do the actual oil cleanse that's what i have to do and yeah. actually speaking of oil cleanses there's the elephant has a really good balm that you just put all over your face oh They're drunk elephant drunk elephant okay drunk elephant yeah yeah the elephant. <laughs> I love animals. Um, and I put it all <laughs> I put it all over my face and it like melts it off. Yeah. And then yeah. you wash your face and then you don't see the Yes. But when I was in LA, for example, when I'm traveling, I'm like, I don't wanna bring all these products. I literally was washing my face with like men's dove, like whatever oh. was in there, which wow. is disgusting. Yeah. I'm Resilient like, I just didn't want to buy, you know, more for the week that I was there. It was already like in the bathroom, but definitely, yeah. Anyway, so that's so okay. So you, you and then moisturizer, you like which one? Um, I like to switch around and use some different ones. The main one that I use is the it's called Ceramed X C E R A M E D X. Um, I use that one as like a thick, love that thick Made layer. A thick one. Um, I like to use a lot of actives, um, so I'll kind of switch every other night with different retinoids. Um, I'd say my favorite one is the Adapalene Gel from Acne Free. Their cruelty-free status is confusing because right. they don't have a lot of information online, but I follow a vegan cruelty-free skincare influencer. She's also, What's I her name? believe, an RN, Cassandra Bankson, and she's like very vegan. So great. she bought it, and I was like, I can buy it. So the Adapalene is really, really great for acne-prone skin, which I have. Um, and then I use Muesli, and that's a tranexamic acid and azelaic acid for sunspots because I got really bad melasma. So Muesli has a great cruelty-free vegan option. It's like an online pers um, prescription kind of thing. They have actual doctors and dermatologists. It's like curology. Wow. But they have more than just retinol. Creology really just has like tretinoin. Um, what else? Any other like tips like drink water or certain foods that you find that are... I mean, I really only drink water. I don't drink coffee and I don't drink soda. If I'm drinking anything, it's going to be water or a juice. Oh, wow. I think, yeah, I think water is great. I don't personally think, like, the difference between clear skin and not clear skin is water. Right. At all. I've actually even noticed when I am eating really well, taking all my supplements, drinking tons of water, my skin is trash. But if I stay out all night and come home at 6 in the morning and don't wash my face, I have perfect skin. So, so funny. I don't get it. Yeah, I've, I've noticed that, too, sometimes. But then it, then it really comes back to bite you in the butt. Like a week later, it all comes up. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, no, yeah. I, I, 
I've suffered from a little bit of not anything like to the point where I had to go on Accutane or anything, but just like hormonal yeah. and going on and off birth control or whatever yeah. it was really just messed me up. I don't recommend <laughs> IUD all the way. Baby, mm. it's not hormonal. Paragard, love that. Nice. So, okay, maybe just like what's like a, some practices, whether it's meditation, exercise that like keep you in a positive mindset or that just help you? Um, I walk everywhere oh. today. If you want to look at my blister. <gasps> oh my God. Yeah. That is horrible. It's the wor- This is the worst blister I've ever had in my whole life. But like, I have blisters all over my feet all the time. This you said it so normal. nonchalantly. It's so normal What kind for of me. shoes are you wearing? <laughs> so the thing is, one of my best friends is a Pilates instructor. So I was on, you know, whatever, 37th Street. And I was going to the west side or something. Yeah. I don't I don't really know. <laughs> I know that it was like 2.2 miles. And I was like, I'll walk that. That's fine. I'm going to Pilates class. I'll warm up. So I wore my Pilates toe socks, which are socks without the toes, because you have to grip on the reformer. Oh. So I put them in. I have these sneakers that are actually called Nothing New. Um, they're like Converse, but they're not. They're like a vegan version. They're actually made out of bo- water bottles. If anyone's looking for a new sneakers, it's called Nothing New. Um, That's cool. Yeah, and so I was wearing those. Yeah, well, they suck because look at your toe. No, they don't. They oh. suck because my toe socks okay. didn't protect my toes. So my actual toes were like frictioning against the oh. the shoes the whole time. Do you want to like pop that or like? Um, I think do you need a bandaid. I think it's blood filled at this point. Stop it. Yeah, it's scary. So it's so painful. It's it's actually not. I'm wearing different shoes now with very fuzzy socks. Okay. And it's been okay. Okay. It's okay here. I might have to stop and get. It some looks band-aids. like another toe on your pinky toe. Yeah, I've never. It like it almost makes me giggle. It's like Jesus. that bad, and it actually didn't even hurt that much. Yeah. And then I got there and took my shoes yeah. off, and I was like, "What in the world?" Yeah, that's always bad. Like sometimes I'll fall. I, I'm very clumsy, and I'll mm. have, be wearing jeans or whatever it is, and I take my and I'm like, "Oh my god, my knee is like <gasps> black and oh. double the size." Oh. Yeah. Well, and geez. then it's the same thing. It's like you don't realize. I'm yeah. Like, true. Oh, Jeez, uh, this is worse than I thought. Yeah, yeah, um, this is going to haunt me. Warrior wounds. Oh, my God. Good, though. That's good. That, so walking is one. So I like to walk, and I also I love music. Um, oh. So really big on that. I Like today when I was walking to the Pilates class, I was listening to an Odessa set from, I think, 2018. I think uh, so, uh, Brazil Lollapalooza, and oh my god, if you haven't listened to that set, it I've listened to it at least 100 times, it wrecks me every time. Mm. And every time I'm just in the best mood, and I'm like smiling at windows, and like waving to the bus driver, just like la 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 la. <laughs> um, and that just gets me every time. Okay, we'll definitely have to be putting that on. Music, walking, little exercise. I think yeah. taking good care of yourself, skincare. Mm-hmm. What about quickly while we wrap up a little bit about like psilocybin or like how any if you want to talk I was about like, what oh yes yeah oh I mean, yeah because we talked about this healing yeah healing prop mushrooms or any and if, if you want to go into the, anything with that yeah i mean for a moment i was like oh my god am i allowed and then i'm like i, I am this is the perfect platform well it's just you know almost eight years of my life were dedicated to pageants and you're not allowed to God, you cannot. You can um, barely talk about what is good for the environment. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And anything that seems to be like good for the planet is outlawed, no. like shrooms. No. They'll sue you. So, oh, you'd be out of there. Um, yeah, I 
love shrooms. They're my favorite thing to do. They put me in the best mood. Um, I love the way that they make me feel and the way that they make me think. Like everything's just positive. For me, I get more visual than I do like inward. I know for a lot of people it can be really spiritual and Healing. really shake them up. For me, um, acid is what did that for me. That really shook me up and really changed the trajectory of the way my thinking patterns were. It pulled me out of a really severe depression. So wow. for like really intense mental health, acid was the thing for me. I'm also not condoning that anybody does acid or anybody does these things. We're just, you know, Right, this is not sharing. a doctor advice show. Okay, <laughs> yeah. clearly um, it's literally me sitting here. No idea about anything <laughs> with, to do with that stuff. But I mean, as another alternative, mm -hmm. it, it might be something that I definitely want to explore and try. Yeah. For sure. I think it's super interesting. And you know, there is something about it where it's like, you know, all these drugs are suppressed, like don't do it, don't do it. And mm -hmm. I've heard so many positive, amazing experiences where people have healed trauma yep. from this. There's a documentary called Fantastic Fungi on Netflix. Check it out. Really, mm -hmm. I, it was very interesting for, for me to see. And, 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 and it's like, you know, what don't, what don't, what are they trying to stop our brains from connecting and and it's like well, mm -hmm. does this wake us up in mm -hmm. a certain sense like they want to keep us asleep they want to give us alcohol and all this shit stay asleep mm -hmm. you know I, I don't know there is something to it i, I i've never I, I did a tiny little bit of mushrooms but i i haven't really had an experience um i completely agree i think that I mean, I think it's hard to look at situations like I have a lot of friends who say, you know, they, the government, the man, um, they're trying to keep us down. I don't love using that language mm -hmm. uh, because it's very much like us versus them. But there's a lot of truth to it, I think. Why is it that alcohol is legal and everywhere? I could walk in anywhere and buy 10 bottles of liquor and kill myself from over drinking but I can't go and buy some shrooms that are gonna make me see beautiful colors and make me happy and feel good. I don't get it. Um, it doesn't really add up and make sense to me because I feel like when I do things like that, I stop caring about material things. I stop worrying about whether or not I'm gonna get hired for this position. I stop worrying about all these crazy things and I just am at peace in the moment. So I think there's a lot of validity to it. That's literally a whole other podcast episode on its own. Yes. When you're back in LA, we'll do a Zoom and we can talk all about that because I, yes. I have so many questions and I think it's just so interesting. And I've actually found that a lot of people that have experimented with acid and, and shrooms and you know these, they have had awakenings where they're like I can't eat meat anymore oh, like yeah I looked at this piece of meat and like mm. it freaked me out and I was wow. like that's so interesting and I know a lot of vegans are like super into it mm -hmm. it's like what is the I don't know there's yeah I think there's something about a lot of vegans who really just want to be connected mm -hmm. and they want to at least for me like I want to understand the purpose of everybody why what are we doing here yeah. why i don't i don't understand any of it and nope. like the logic between why i would matter and be important and be protected by the law and then all these other animals for honestly no reason are killed at this monumentally fast pace and like i just i just don't get it i can't even like 
pull my thoughts together right now because it just doesn't make any sense to me. Like the laws make no sense. Like, yeah. why are we here? Why did we get placed in these positions where we're protected and, the, and other yeah. living beings that are sentient aren't? Yeah. You know, dogs, cats, pigs, cat. like, where's the, you know, it, it's super interesting and it's these lies we continually tell ourselves. But, mm. I mean, this was so amazing and so thought-provoking. I think we covered so many different topics. We really did. You know, every, <laughs> yeah, everything from your vegan story to struggles that you've had along the way to backlash to where you're at now and healthy practices. And, yeah, I really can't thank you enough for coming on. I think it was so, so inspiring. Thank you so much. To hear about everything. So where can people find you? Pimp yourself out. <laughs> um, so I'm kind of a really bad social media person, and I'm really only on Instagram. My Instagram is at Marissa, M-E-R-I-S-S-A dot Underwood. And then I do have a YouTube channel as well, which is Marissa Underwood, again, M-E-R-I-S-S-A Underwood. And I always respond to Instagram messages. If you want to DM me, ask any questions, anything, I'm very, very responsive on there. So please reach out, connect. And what kind of content can people expect to see? Um, it's a lot of like factual information about, you know, yesterday I talked about sustainable fishing. I saw this meme where it showed an ice freezer and it says sustainable fish food, but it was empty. And that was the irony was that it was empty. Oh. And so it was like, Oh, finally some truth in advertising. <laughs> so you're going to see a lot of like underhand, undercut, silly memes like that. I like to rant a lot about different things. Um, but I'll talk about a lot of like animal rights stuff, like emotional um, connection with that. And also skincare and makeup, you know, being a pageant gal, that's like very much in my my arsenal. I also like to talk about sustainable fashion because that was really hard at Miss USA to have a wardrobe that wasn't all fast fashion, that wasn't super expensive. Um, right now I'm working for Vegan Fashion Week and we're having a showcase in October so I'm going to be posting about that and all the different brands that we support. So exciting. Oh, yeah. And there's so many great things to come. And, um, you know, guys, thank you so much for listening. Uh, feel free to comment, like, and subscribe, and follow Marissa. I'm at JLo Kurtz. This is Drop the Knife. And until next time, bye. Bye. <laughs>